welcome. This series is hosted by Alexander Strathdee and Rashav Kanal, two seniors from Virginia Tech who combined have interviewed with the top Fortune 500 companies, including Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn, Amazon, and many more. They received multiple job offers before locking in their final one. Learn about all the skills, the tips, and tricks. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present to you Rashad Pinal and Alexander Strathy. What's going on, guys? We are back. We know we've been missing for a while. Rashad and I each received a piece of paper that basically meant we had to pack up, move, and begin our new careers. A bit of a transition for us, obviously. Alex starting his full-time role, currently, for me, starting my internship, you hear a lot of different things, and the phrase is almost similar to drinking from a fire hose. And we both were bouncing ideas back and forth and always listening to you guys and your feedback, and we thought, well, you hear these buzzwords all the time, and what does it mean? How do you digest it? What's the value? So we're trying to humanize a lot of these buzzwords that we hear, but we want to take a little bit of a different spin on it with, uh, with a few cold brews. So Rashad and I alone today heard a couple of these that we're going to go over, these top tech buzzwords that you'll hear in the workplace and kind of identifying what they are. And we were going to give you a podcast that <laughs> explained to you what these words were, and then we listened to it and we fell asleep. So instead, I, think I caught yeah, Alex yawning. That was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when we knew that we needed to um, to take a different approach. So instead, we're going to give it to you through analogies had over bar talk. So with that, Rashav and I are going to crack one open, and we'll begin. So the f tech term number one: dashboards. We're going to each come at you with our analogy. We want you guys to decide which analogy you sort of vibe with better. We're going to give you our opinion. We'll talk about it. But here we go. So first one is uh, CRM, which is a customer relationship manager. Rashav, what's your analogy? So I think Alex already lost off the bat. It's actually customer relationship management. So anything he says, probably not credible from now on. Hey, drink. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's got a drink to that. But so, you know, if you take your small, I guess when we stick to the theme of bar, your small bar business owner, he can probably provide a lot of high service because he has that strong personal relationship with his customers. He only has 50, so it's not very hard to remember. I'm waiting for the analogy here. Oh, it's gonna get on. Okay. Well, you gotta first figure out what CRM means, right? Yeah, well, it kind of becomes more and more complicated when you don't have that strong personal relationship. So once you have 50 million customers, who has what drink, who has what? So customer relationship management or CRM gives this task to the computer. The computer knows everyone, all the customers, and all the employees. So when a customer interacts with an employee, the software tells them everything that they need to know in order to provide a high level of service. I don't know. That's not really an analogy. That's I, just, I would count that as I, an analogy. I would call that just I, an implementation of the technology. Not, let, me, let me give you mine. Uh, I'm going to go with the Walmart greeter here. That's, that's my analogy is, is a Walmart greeter because they kind of give your store that personalized feel. As people are coming in, they get that friendly smile. They get a handshake. That's my analogy. Like relating that to a customer relationship management system that's that same thing. It's trying to give your company that warm face. It's giving them the, the name that's actually associated with their account. It's allowing you to actually understand details on that, on that customer. So I'm going to go with a Walmart greeter. I think we all know I won that one. You might have had a, a better definition. So now we'll move on to dashboards. I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin on it. But if you take your average strawberry Pop-Tart 
and something honestly I never read. Pop tarts um, and beer, those don't sound yeah. like a good mix. Uh, Breakfast of Champions, actually. So when you look at that nutritional label, you have all these statistics coming at you. But when you think about it in terms of a business, how do you make those data points turn into action? So when you have bars and charts and something of a clear view that you can really read, now you can assess, okay, what am I gonna do for my business? And it essentially provides a pretty way and an accurate description of what you wanna do with your business and your decision making. Top that. Your car. <laughs> you, got, <laughs> you got, literally you have a dashboard in your car. It tells you what you need to know, tells you how that the car is running, if it's running out of oil, if you're, I don't know, you're revving your engine a little too, too hard and it's in that red zone. You got that check engine light on that we all like to ignore. Those are all key performance indicators of your car. And, and maybe in a dashboard situation, you get a little more control of what that dashboard has. But I think it's a pretty fair analogy in terms of it's showing you very key, important parts of your car. The cloud is basically just off-site handling of your information, your data. It's also known as uh, infrastructure as a service, which basically when you have a ton of data, coming in from your customers on a month to month basis and that changes month to month you don't know your you don't know how much data storage you're going to need instead of going out and buying a ton of servers that house your data you can just which then the next month when data's slow that's just kind of wasted this way you know you could pay on a if that's your plan on a month to month basis you don't have to pay for installation of that data maintenance on site. That's what the cloud is. It's basically just, it's not that it's actually in a cloud, but it's, it's actually just stored on servers and databases that aren't local specifically to maybe your site. So in the analogy here, I have uh, renting a beach house that, you know, someone else has to own it for the rest of the year. So that way, instead of you owning that beach house for that week or not using it, you get to go and just rent it for that week when you need it. So beat that Rochelle. Well, I, I like my chicken sandwiches, so bear with me here. But you think about going to the best restaurant that serves chicken sandwiches, uh, Chick-fil-A, of course. So you tell the waiter, you know, you want a chicken sandwich, and the process of making the sandwich happens in the kitchen. And lastly, the sandwich is brought to you. You could have made the sandwich yourself at home, but with the cloud or the restaurant, you don't have to. So basically, cloud computing is moving resources off your physical hardware and providing it into a provider's hands. Double repetitive definition. I waved the white flag on that one. No, I think that was good, Rishav. All right, next one, UX, UI, user interface versus user experience. So I'll start with this one. You got a puppy, right? You're going, you're going puppy shopping and you're at PetSmart and you see it in the cage and you have its physical features. You play with it for maybe 10 minutes. You see it has big paws, you know, it's fluffy. It's got those big, big eyes that draw you into it. I promise I'm going somewhere here. <laughs> We get it. Right, so you get home with it and its physical features was your user interface. It's how you're interacting with that puppy. If it's got that big mouth, it takes less time to eat, which is better for you. Less time you, you know, you have to wait to take it on a walk. These are just kind of the features, the physical features that are dictating how you experience it. That user experience is, you know, months later when that puppy's grown freaking huge and you originally knew that through its big paws. That's how you experienced that no longer puppy, and let's say it had really sharp teeth. You knew it had sharp teeth when you got it. That was the sort of how you know you viewed it, how you experienced it. You 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 know felt those sharp teeth, and then it accidentally bites your hand one day. And now that you're experiencing that interface, I don't know. I, I was kind of a stretch there. You got you got something better, Rashaf. 
honestly, you uh, you pulled out the puppy card, and I, I can't compete. I wave the white flag. All right, we'll stick with that then. On to the next one. Databases. Rochelle, what you got? So as we all know, kind of databases are is the backbone of most of the world at this point. So think about the ingredients that make up this beer. A database is a place to store those ingredients. It houses that data. So when people talk about SQL or structured query language, it's how you talk to that database. That's that's very relevant. I'll just admit defeat now, but I'll mention mine anyway. Uh, it's your pantry. If you're trying to bake a cake, you got your sugar, you got your flour. I don't know what else goes in a cake. I don't think I've ever baked a cake before. But basically just that place that holds all the things that are important to what you're trying to do. That's my pantry analogy. Obviously, Rashav, wave the white flag to you on that one. All right, this one's going to be a little bit more probably wordy, but let's go into it. Blockchain. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready, but let's do it. So for this one, uh, we're just going to save you the technical definition because we also don't want any of our tech friends to yell at us, but we have some very high-level analogies that we think will help you just understand the concept. So we're just going to go right into the analogies. Rashav, what's your analogy? I'm going to kick it back. Safety net here. I'm going to use my Pop-Tart analogy there. Let's say you want to sell your Pop-Tart. Currently, you'll use a platform, I don't know, what do you sell individual? eBay, which uh, acts as an intermediary between... I wouldn't buy a Pop-Tart on eBay. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. But it, it acts as a mediator between you and the person who you, who you want to sell. And the payments might be processed via some bank, which will cost you and the other person some money. Now, because of blockchain, you'll be able to sell your Pop-Tart to that person without actually involving eBay or any other bank in between. It's kind of blockchain explained on a very basic level. It's cutting out the middleman. Let me make that more basic for you. Scoreboard at a little, little league football game. You got tons of really... Wait, is that a thing? Little league football games? Uh, Pee-wee. It's yeah. Pee-wee. He's Australian. <laughs> so. I, you can tell I, I, I ran in high school. Um, <laughs> Pee-wee, Pee-wee football. Pee-wee football. All right, so you got a ton of competitive parents who would kill to put a put seven points extra on the scoreboard for their team, right? And for their little little son, little Joey, uh, to be able to get a trophy that season. Now, the reason why there's a scoreboard, one scoreboard that everyone can see, no one can change that scoreboard without everyone else noticing. It's not like some parent can go up there and just change it in for their advantage. Everyone can see it. It's the same thing with blockchain. Everyone has this distributed ledger that's identical to everyone else. So no one can go and change something without everyone else seeing it. That's our analogies for blockchain. I think mine's a little more simpler. Data mining. <laughs> data mining. Rashad, why don't you take it from here? Yeah. Data mining is basically finding patterns in a massive, large amounts of data. So it's, it's more or less an example right now that I have than an analogy, but Target actually was able to discover weird patterns and found out that a girl was pregnant even before she knew and her dad knew because they uncovered buying habits of consumers months before, and it turns out months later, they became pregnant. Why were you specific about her dad? <laughs> well, okay. I guess I was like three steps ahead there. But basically, her dad was furious with Target and got the mail, and he's like, why are you sending my daughter all this crap that doesn't involve her? Months later, uh, nine months, paid attention in bio, <laughs> come to find out she is pregnant, and he went back to Target and actually apologized. So, okay, all right, yeah. that, that makes sense. <laughs> way, way to check me on that. That's <laughs> all right, sure. So uh, my data mining is 
when you meet someone, you usually have an impression of them within 60 seconds. And I kind of think that's your own personal intense data mining. You're seeing if they're, you know, what's their expression on their face? Do you like their eyes? Is their hair let go and not really well maintained? Or is it pretty sharp? Uh, what are they wearing? You're collecting a lot of data points really quickly that can get kind of messy. And if someone asks you like, okay, well, you know, why, when you walk away with your friend, you're like, ah, I didn't like that guy. I'm asking you why. You can't really narrow it down to one thing because it was just a lot of data that came at you at once. So that's my analogy for data mining. Pretty yeah, good analogy, yeah. right? I, I think I'm going to take the take the win on that one. All right, fine. I'll give it to you. <laughs> you, win, you win your uh, your dash. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Internet things. Internet things. Yeah, let's, let's right. do it. IoT, as they call it. So... The idea here is that lots of things in our homes could benefit from becoming a little bit smarter. Take my utopian society here where a George Foreman grill that's kind of linked to my alarm clock so that my grill is always ready for my turkey bacon whenever I wake up. And notice how I said turkey bacon because on popular opinion, I actually prefer those over regular bacon. You still have an alarm clock? That's the part I'm <laughs> yeah. stuck on. So basically, it's the process of putting a computer and Wi-Fi connection into everyday things. Yeah, like, like you said, just putting technology in crazy freaking things. I kind of just wanted to come up with because I didn't really have a good analogy. Don't have a love for turkey bacon like Rashad does, <laughs> but I came up with the top three that I heard about. There's a blanket that you can, kind of like a pad that you can put on your girlfriend slash boyfriend, and you can control a PlayStation through massaging your boyfriend slash girlfriend. Yeah, and so like like your hand movement on that pad uh, will inter will inter inter cause interaction with the game, but also your significant other will get a massage. So I guess there's a way for all those Fortnite players out there to stop disappointing their significant other. Get yourself one of those uh, one of those pads. That one was crazy. Second one, I know this one's kind of just useless, but an umbrella that gives you a rain forecast. That's not helpful. <laughs> but, but if it's already raining, do you like if you, you? The only reason you would have an umbrella is because it's already raining. So what information could it give you that you don't already know? I like the affirmation. So, oh, it's raining. Okay, I might as well take it <laughs> out. Right. I don't know. Uh, last one I have here is, I thought, just thought this was kind of funny. Well, like a belt buckle. It's like, all right, this is getting kind of stretched out. It's time to lose some weight. <laughs> if I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I, that's, that's, uh, that was the third one there. So it's just kind of like putting technology in some pretty crazy things. Two more. Speaking of weird tech things, let's dive right into it. AR and VR, augmented reality and virtual reality. You know, when you think of AR, I guess we're sitting in a bar, right? And we've all been there, we've been so broke, can't afford to buy a beer. Imagine you pull out your phone, you hover over the table and suddenly a beer appears. That's basically augmented reality is overlaying something on your environment. Whereas virtual reality, you put something on a headset and the world is surrounded by beer. I, I don't have a good one for that. I'm just going to give that one to you. Let's move on to AI machine learning. This one's just a, an easy, not even analogy, is uh, Alexa. Uh, she'll ask you sometimes if the information she gave you is actually helpful. And that's machine learning is because your answer is going to change how it interacts with another person who asks it that same question. If you say that that information wasn't helpful for you know asking what the forecast is for tomorrow and it tells you, who in Major League Soccer is playing, and then it asks you if that information was correct, it's gonna take that question next time and it's not gonna give that answer, which rightfully shouldn't, because then Alexa probably wouldn't still exist as a technology, but that's machine learning. There's a couple of different AI sort of definitions that people use. Everyone, especially everyone in the tech space, kind of claims to have AI or, or sort of be somewhat involved with AI, but that human, replicating that the human sort of general, I'll go with sort of a Sam Harris definition here, it's general intelligence 
of being able to understand enough about various aspects of your environment, society, life, and being able to draw conclusions that you're not necessarily tasked with, but just general intelligence of a system. I'll just give you that definition there. Rashad, what do you have? Do you have a good analogy for AI? Yeah, just real quick. I do want to make the distinction though, is that AI is actually a broader concept and machine learning kind of fits underneath that. So when we think about machine learning, imagine you know yourself and you really want to be like a beer or wine connoisseur. So you, you, know, you got a blindfold and over time, as you're trying more wine or beer, you learn to develop from that data set. So which one is which? But AI, Alex, which you kind of you know touched on, is thinking and acting like a human. So now when you drink that beer, it's like, those fries look really good, so I'm gonna make those fries or I'm gonna bring those fries in. You didn't tell it to do that, it just thought of it on its own. Yeah, I don't know who you're telling to bring in these fries. I, I think I missed your leap there. Like the AI, hence the point. It's thinking and acting like a human. See how I brought that? Oh, so you got a, uh, you got a robot sitting with you drinking beer. Yeah, that's okay. That's how post grad life is. All right, well we're gonna we're actually gonna go grab some fries, not pop tarts, because <laughs> I can't imagine those would go good with beer. But for your homework tonight, you know what? You don't you don't have any homework. Go uh, go enjoy yourself. Follow us at Practically Passionate on Instagram and on Twitter. We are Prac Passion. Uh, we're very active on these social media outlets. Please ask us any questions you might have about professionalism, about life. We usually have a pretty interesting twist on things. Please email us. We're going to start doing an email list. People who want to get a PDF version of the beef that we discussed today, we'll, we'll just include the winning analogy and you can see in that PDF who we think won each, each one. For moving on, we want to be able to give you a bulleted point list of the beef we go over. So email us at prackpassion at gmail.com. Email us there and we'll make sure to put you on that list. We look forward to talking to you again next Monday. As always, this is Alex. This is Rashav. 